Ahoy! Welcome to another episode of the Bottom of the Stream Movie Show. My name is Adam. My name is Nick. Welcome, welcome. Welcome. How are you? Welcome. Very good. How are you? I'm also very good. I'm really Um, excited. I'm pretty excited myself. I'm not going to lie. This one's going to be a ride, everybody. (laughs) This week, Nick played his wild card and... In doing so, we've got a competition going on this season. I'm pretty sure most people are aware of it now. Um, to pick the worst film at the end of the season. Um, Nick has gone all in on a film called Alien Warfare. Um, Alien Warfare is from 2019. It is a 15. It runs for one hour and 28 minutes and is currently rated at 2.6 on IMDb. Um, the one thing we did notice this week is that this film doesn't even have a trailer. No. <laughs> and last week didn't we we thought oh let's watch the trailer no it doesn't exist doesn't exist didn't even bother making one the poster of the movie the bearing in mind the movie was released in 2019 has an old netflix logo on that was predates 2019 by quite a long way so this um we don't even know why it's not a netflix original so we don't know why it's got a netflix logo on the poster but it has to say this is under the radar would be a huge understatement (laughs) This is bottom of the bottom of the stream. We've yeah. had to dig into the silt at the bottom <laughs> for this one. Yeah, we're we're panning, definitely. Definitely. If anybody has seen this film before Nick chose it as his wild card, let us know because I think we might be the first people who have ever watched it. <laughs> <laughs> and we're certainly, certainly the first people who have ever done a podcast episode about it. There can't be another podcast about this movie. <laughs> Surely. Surely not. Anyway. Alien Warfare stars a guy called Clayton Snyder. No relation to Zach. I did check. Um, he plays a character called Mike. He is a former professional water polo player. <laughs> <laughs> For the United States of America. And he also starred in the Lizzie McGuire movie from 2003. Okay. <laughs> stars also David B. Meadows as Chris, who is Mike's brother. Um, he seems to enjoy Bruce Willis. He's in two previous Bruce Willis films. Oh, okay. Um, he was in 10 Minutes Gone. Never heard of it. <laughs> and Acts of Violence. I've never, never heard, heard of that. <laughs> he's in both of them, and Bruce Willis is in also in both of them. And he's actually a former ex-Navy SEAL. Oh, okay. He plays a Navy SEAL in this film, and he actually was a sniper for the Navy SEALs before he became an actor. Good. He should be brilliant, then. <laughs> should be, yeah. Also stars a guy called Daniel Washington, who plays Jonesy. Um, you may have recognised him. He was in a film called Detroit from a few years ago. Yeah. I have Which, seen that. I have seen that as well. It's one of the most uncomfortable films I've ever seen. And just, I, I must say, I did notice when his name came up, and I did it did make me chuckle because I thought, is he a rip-off Denzel Washington? <laughs> <laughs> yes. <yeah. laughs> Detroit's, Detroit's a really uncomfortable watch. It, yeah. it, it's not It's not a nice film. It's uh, Will Poulter's in it, and he's brilliant in it, but he makes you hate him. Yeah. Um, directed by a guy called Jeremiah Jones, which sounds like an old gold hunter from the like 1800s. <laughs> it does, yeah. Um, this is his first and so far only feature. And written by three guys, Dave Baker, Nathan Zobel, and Ben Bailey. Again, not many of them have any credits on IMDb. Do you, Nick, do you have a one-word review of Alien Warfare? I'm just going with brutal. Brutal? Yeah. <laughs> okay. I can't wait to talk about this. Where does this film start, Nick? Uh, there's some comets, and there's they're coming to Earth. One of them definitely seems to be heading towards Earth. It seems to cut its path and 
head towards there intentionally. It does. And then there's an impact. Yeah. We see it burning up through the atmosphere, and then we see it hit the earth. And then we cut straight into our title card. Um, and then we're in Los Angeles. The screen comes up, tells us where we are. We're in LA. And there is a man shouting at his TV. <laughs> is he watching the hockey or the baseball or something? He was watching something about... Because he was going on about boxing. Oh, was I don't think boxing? he was watching. Oh, I don't okay. think he was watching boxing. I think he might have been watching oh, hockey. I think he might have been watching hockey. <laughs> okay. And then was saying you, you would be a better boxer. But then his phone rings and he gets a phone call. And he's basically told to gather the entire team, um, including Mike. Yeah, you got to um, bring Mike. He's very reluctant to bring Mike. Um, Mike, it turns out, has, was fired eight months ago. And Chris, there seems to be estranged from him, hasn't spoken to him since. And uh, he's reluctant to bring him back into the team. But the guy on the other end of the phone is adamant. It's got to be all of you. It's got to be all of you. And we should meet tomorrow at 1300 hours. Because it's military. <laughs> <laughs> and then we got which turned out to be a flashback, but was not clear that it was no. a flashback. <laughs> uh, it's some Navy SEAL storming a farm building. I mean, yes. Someone's, <laughs> someone's shed. <laughs> Somebody's shed is being stormed by four Navy SEALs. There's some Arabic writing on, so we're assuming there's some Arabs in there. Yeah. Um, I think and, this was pretty racist, to be, <laughs> to be honest. Maybe a little bit <laughs> questionable. Um, I've written there is a government type being held hostage. Yes, we don't. We never really find out who he is, but he's got a suit on. So it turns out the seals have been sent in to rescue this guy from these terrorists. Yep. Um, there's a bit of a standoff. Um, How do you know the terrorists? <laughs> there's a lady in a burqa. And, yeah. Uh, um, <laughs> what looked to me pretty much like a white guy. I've got to say. Uh, yeah. Agreed. <laughs> dressed as a an Islamic terrorist. Indeed. Um, there's a standoff. The, guy, the, the seals start disagreeing about the best way to handle this. Uh, Mike is Mike and Chris, and they do not appear to be on the same page in this there's project. A, there's a lot of bickering, isn't there, in this movie? There is a lot of bickering, and it eventually ends up with this hostage getting shot and killed, and then the two terrorists also get shot and killed. Basically, everybody dies. Yeah, apart from the uh, apart from our SWAT apart from, guys, apart from our, our seals, yeah. Yeah. Um, I've written here that was a flashback because that's when it appears that the, that was a flashback. <laughs> um, and we we could we meet Mike for the first time. Um, Mike is teaching old ladies how to shoot guns. He is, yeah. It was quite a comic comical scene. I thought I thought it was quite good because she was you know about how good she was. This might surprise you. I'm going to give this movie a bit of praise because okay, I was present, presently surprised by some of the back and forth some of the dialogue is really good i i wouldn't go that far but <laughs> some of the dialogue was, is good it was not as completely hopelessly written uh, it is as a whole but some of the dialogue the back and forth was all right actually yeah agreed um yeah it turns out mike works at this like shooting range and chris shows up and we get the reveal at this point that these two are brothers. Yeah, proper brothers. Um, yeah, but they're they're estranged since this mission went wrong and Mike lost his job. Um, but he's Chris says to him, "Look, you've been drafted back in. You don't really get any choice in this matter. You're back in. You've got to meet us tomorrow at one o'clock or thirteen hundred hours." 
<laughs> Just to make that clear, yeah. <laughs> um, then I've written, Mike goes to a bar for some flashbacks. Because Did you notice? Much... <laughs> Did you notice at the bar? So Mike's like the only guy there. And like the yeah. barma- barmaid's like giving him googly eyes and then the woman he sits next to just like starts stroking him stroking him yeah she did my god this guy's like irresistible to women (laughs) another one he's a chick magnet (laughs) um yeah he literally he had a few flashbacks of the scene that we'd already seen and then he left the bar that was literally there was no need for that scene whatsoever and because we cut straight from there to the meeting the next day sure We're, we're in there like base i guess where they it just looks like a mechanics garage <laughs> does yeah it's just a dartboard on the wall and a few chairs dotted around and a table and that's about it jonesy starts talking about why they're here and he starts slagging off the cia and yeah then so we, suddenly... we meet the other two on the team don't we yeah we meet jonesy and forp yeah i've got i've got names in this one so it must be all right <laughs> um although i did think they were saying four to start with and i was like no it's forp yeah jonesy starts slagging off the cia guys and then they walk in, and he kind of puts his foot in it in that classic scene. Yeah. Um, and they get told... They... I was just going to say, but just before that, before the feds arrive, there's some real, like, weird man banter. Where <laughs> banter? They were having... <laughs> manta, I've never heard that before. <laughs> uh, and Jonesy is having a go at Thorpe because he's been seeing a foreign woman <laughs> in inverted yes. com- Like, But he's not been seeing her. Yeah. Or he's seen always... one picture. Yeah, he's he's trying to have his way with her. And James yeah. is like, ah, oh, you should be with a good old American girl. And he, he says, I've quoted this, I wrote it down. He <laughs> says, why are you messing around with a commie girl from bumfuck wherever? It's <laughs> a good I line. Like, okay. <laughs> Wasn't expecting that. And then he gets quite precious about his blender, doesn't he? Because he's on his protein shakes. and Yes. Jones and um, Forbes gives him some back about that. And it's just... Back, to back and forth manta. I think I've just made up manta and I'm sticking with it. <laughs> it's fine. Um, and then, like we said, the CIA suits come in. Um, Jonesy puts his foot in it because he's slagging them off when they walk in. Um, but they've got a mission for these four guys. Because Mike shows up at this point as well. So yeah. He does, he does appear. Um, and the CIA guys... 1,300 hours. Yes, dead on time. They, the guys reveal that this order comes straight from POTUS. <laughs> this is straight from the president. And Chris says... Oh, yeah, well, I'm not surprised. We did save his daughter's life two years ago. Yep. <laughs> I was like, well, glad you did something successful because all we've seen is you fuck off Bundle emissions. emissions. <laughs> do, you think a, do you think we got a prequel tease? Maybe, yeah. Because <laughs> all the Fed guys are like, oh, you're the best of the best. You, <laughs> The president asked for you personally. Yeah. Um, basically, what's happened is where the government have lost contact with a secret base where, where and... Currently, over 100 people, including scientists, are missing. Right. I had to rewind this bit several times. Because you know when they show the drone footage? Yeah. When they're briefing the team. And they go, this was taken at, I don't know, 1600 hours. Yeah. And this this photo was taken 30 seconds later. And yeah. all the guys in the room went, oh my God, where's everyone <laughs> gone? I couldn't tell the difference between the photos. There was no difference between the photos. They were exactly the same. <laughs> You're going to really enjoy this movie, aren't you? Cause yeah, man. <laughs> it was so shit. Yeah, I think, like I, t- I texted you last night, I said, I think you've made a mistake here. 
but I, I was only seven minutes in at that point i should uh, i should say yeah basically they've lost contact with this military base and so the guys obviously asked the obvious question well what do they do in this base um but the guys were the cia guys are like we can't tell you that it's classified um but you've got to save it whatever yeah. they're doing there you need to rescue that as well as the, the people who are missing and you'll know it when you see it yeah so as soon as you see it you'll know what we're talking about and then we head off we go and we arrive at the Valatovia Forest in the Caucasus. <laughs> Do you, have you yeah. ever heard of the Caucasus before? No. Apparently, the Caucasus is a real place. Okay. It's a region spanning Europe and Asia and is situated between the Black Sea and the Caspian Sea, mainly occupied by, occupied by Armenia, Azerbaijan, Georgia and southern Russia. I totally missed that. I thought they were still in America. <laughs> no, they're, this, they're in southern Russia, I believe. Okay. Um, they're in the Valatovia forest and it says here the Caucasus is home mainly to uh, home mainly to mountain land uh, they look pretty it, flat where they were but that's yeah it's considered a natural barrier between eastern europe and western asia got ya so that's where we are we're uh, somewhere in the Caucasus um and the guys are on the floor they're in the forest trekking through the forest trying to find this base and they're half a click from the base apparently they realize yeah. do you know how far a click is <laughs> thousand meters it is it's a kilometer i didn't know that i've learned something um and jones in for debating what might be going on at this base whilst they're walking because um, thorpe's like a bit of a conspiracy theorist yeah, he loves he? his conspiracy theories so he thinks it's dark science is his sure, terms sure. and then they get there they reach the base. they've split up into two separate teams one's gone to like the back and one's gone to the front <laughs> and yeah they're, they're, they're um I suppose they're secure in the perimeter, aren't they? Yeah, That's... basically. They come to yeah. a chicken wire fence. Yeah. Um, and <laughs> pretty secure. Chris, I think it's Chris points out that it's eerily silent. Um, you can't even hear any animals in the area. Yeah, there's no birds. There's no birds. There's no people. There's no There's no wildlife. Um, and then it's revealed that they've got this drone. They've got a drone. Yeah. Um, so we get a, a first bit of uh, CGI drone footage. Uh, Mike's controlling it. He's got like a remote control. And uh, they don't really see anything because they're there anyway. So I don't really understand why they needed a drone. But and we already there. saw drone photos showing the place was deserted. Deserted, exactly. Yeah, and so. it's still deserted. <laughs> um, Chris reveals that they're going to go in the front door. Mike does not agree with that. They have a bit of a back and forth. These two still don't really get on. They're, um, bicker, they bicker quite a lot. Chris is in sort of he's this team leader and mike's kind of struggling with that isn't he yeah i don't think that was the dynamic earlier in their careers maybe i think this is i think new think to that's, mike. that's right yeah but they decide to go in the front door it's chris's mission chris is chris is making the orders they're going in the front door sure and this is where we get our first reveal that something is watching them yeah um now to make out that something's watching them the screen goes blue goes a bit yep. wobbly and wavy and the audio that we've just heard is played back in super slow motion. So, um, why? What's with the time here? Why do we see the same thing twice? <laughs> you see it through the, because, presumably that we've seen it through the eyes of the aliens. What we've just seen before. Yes, but if you think <laughs> to a proper film, such as <laughs> Predator, for example, yeah. where where you see this this sort of gimmick, you will see the thing watching them so you see through that lens you'll hear the conversation and then you'll cut back to your 
uh, protagonist and they'll carry on the conversation. But here, they'll speak two lines of dialogue and then we'll see the same two lines of dialogue <laughs> from the alien's viewpoint. And Correct. I just thought it was really weird. <laughs> it was a bit strange, but I suppose it's budgetary <laughs> restrictions. I don't know. I, I guess so. Um, they all appear at the front door. They're all, they'll arrive at the front door. Um, Chris tells Jonesy to get the Geiger counter out to have a quick read before they go in to make sure there's no uh, radiation. And there's not. It's normal. They're able to go in. So they do. They go in. Now, when they go in, they're expecting to find bodies everywhere because there's 100 people missing. Sure. Um, but there's nobody there. There's no bodies. There's no body. And there's no bodies. There's, and... like, there's like half-eaten donuts. So people have just upped and left. Yeah. There's Mid-task. Forp describes it as there's no signs of engagement. So there's no signs of any battle. There's no bullet yeah. holes in the walls, anything like that. People have literally just vanished. Um, and then, so they continue their sweep. Um, they leave the lobby. They split up, don't they? Yeah, they split back up into their two teams. Um, and Forp spots a pile of ashes on the floor, a very small pile of ashes. Um, and then it's revealed that there's more piles of ashes all over the place. Chris and Mike find some as well. I'd say there's um, about 99. 99 piles of ashes, maybe. Yeah, that sounds about right. Chris and Mike walk into a room and they find a gas stove that's still cooking something. Yeah, someone's like cooking bacon or something. Yeah, it was a tin of something. I think it might be yeah. beans or something. Um, and then they hear some noises and it turns out I've written a man runs away from them, but it isn't a man. It is a lady. Um, they catch up with her. Uh, I think Thorpe and Jonesy catch her originally, don't they? I mean... After, after a bit of a chase. It's it's a bit of a, uh, a... A slightly sexist hot scientist. She's not sexist. I mean, the movie is sexist. <laughs> She's well sexist. Uh, yeah, we meet our first... Our only female character in this... Although one of the aliens is a female. Um, we meet Isabella. Um, she is a scientist. She's the only surviving person at this military base. Yeah. Um, Jonesy, as we find out at this point, is the team medic because he owns a stethoscope. So <laughs> he shines a he fully shines, qualified. He shines a torch in her eyes and then listens to a chest through a telescope and agree and declares that she's okay. There's nothing wrong. He's with just her. like, I'm just gonna check you out. <laughs> <laughs> um, so they have a bit of a chat with this girl to find out what happens, and she's like, I can't really tell you what happened, but I can show you. Yeah. So then we get one of the first one of our first lift scenes. <laughs> now, this is a joke that's played out in quite a lot of films over the years. Yeah. Um, where you basically, you, you, you're, all your action stops, everybody stops, they're standing in a lift and there's music playing in the background. It's sure. funny. It's funny. Uh, it happens in this film five times. I mean, <laughs> yeah, they go back to that well. They do. They love that joke so much. Um, it takes them underground. Um, it's a dark lab, which is hidden from radars because it's three stories underground. Ooh, so, I, so this this is the first, and again, this is when it happens again and again. This scientist lady, Isabella, yeah. knows everything. Yeah. She's like, what did she say? She's a soil scientist. Yeah, so she's, she's a biologist. A, yeah. The biologist. But Thorpe sort of says to her, oh, is this a, what did you call it? A, a um, a dark lab. Does that mean it's lead lined and free? You know, impenetrable yeah. <laughs> to radar. And she's like, yeah, of course yes, it is. It is. Yeah, nobody can see it. Nobody knows it's here. It's a mystery. Um, so she takes them down into this lab, and then she's like, 
if I show you what's the other side of this door, I could get life in prison. Um, but here you go. And then she just opens the door. <laughs> yeah. Fuck that. She does not debate it for one second. Um, what she shows them is a floating black piece of it's rock. It's like a monolith, isn't it? It's, yeah. It's, yeah. She calls it the device. That's what the scientists have dubbed it. Um, one of the guys says, oh, well, you built it. And she's like, we found it. <laughs> um, she also reveals that they don't know what it is, that they don't know where it came from, and they don't know how it got here. Um, yeah. Which leads them to believe that it is possibly extraterrestrial. Sure. Um, she then reveals at this point that something triggered the device and everybody yeah. got vaporized well, on the base. Kind of. I was really confused at this point because you get like a flashback, don't you? Yeah. And she says, we had 20 minutes to evacuate. Yeah, they got a warning that something was about to happen. So they were given 20 minutes to evacuate. And and then then something did happen. All the scientists turned up and shot it. Yeah. But then it just vaporized everyone. Because we're humans and that's what we do. They turned up with like this laser, didn't they? And they tried to laser it. Um, I was just really confused at what they were evacuating from, and yeah, they never got their twenty minutes because somebody. <laughs> they never got their twenty minutes because somebody attacked it, and when they attacked it, it let off a pulse which vaporized yeah. everybody in the whole base except for Isabella, because Isabella was luckily in the Faraday room. Yeah, she was um, sorting out her soils. Yeah, <laughs> she was sorting out her soils. And she was in this Faraday room, so the electric, the electromagnetic or electro pulse didn't get her. And that's why she's the only one that survived, because she was just lucky she happened to be in this room. Yeah. Um, and that's what the pile of ashes are, basically. The pile of ashes are all the people. Tiny little piles of ashes. Chris panics. Chris is like, right, we need to get out of here. We need to evacuate. We're, um, we've, we've found out what's happened. That was the mission. We've got a survivor. We've, got the, we've secured the device. Thing. Yeah, let's get out of here. Let's let's leave. We've done the missions complete almost. So he sends Thorp up to the roof. Yeah, to he's able to get a get a, a line to HQ. Yeah, yeah. Uh, something is watching Thorp on the roof. We get the same uh, blue wavy footage again, and Chris and Mike are arguing again, and the device turns itself on. It yeah. starts doing some sort of weird light show. There's some light readings on yeah, it. Yeah, there's some characters like coming around it and things like that. It's a bit it's all gone a bit strange. And Thorpe radios over and says, look, something's sending out a signal. I can't get any uh Yeah, he says he says the drones the drones picked up something in the air, but I yeah. can't see anything. Yeah, there's nothing there. I can't see it. Um but then he does see something because he, he he goes all agog. His mouth goes, yeah. Whoa, what was that? Um <laughs> then they hear some noises and then it turns out the drones crash to the ground. So they go back out to the front steps, don't they? And the drones there, it's all... I thought drones were a lot bigger than that. Yeah, I think they are. Military drones are. Is that my naivety or what? Because it didn't look much bigger than a paper aeroplane. But it did some damage to those steps when it landed. (laughs) It destroyed them. How much did Thorpe look like the budget version of Josh Brolin? It really did. I picked that up as well. He really did. Budget Brolin. Yeah. (laughs) Um... So they're outside the front of this building. They can't see anything. There's nothing there. And then suddenly something fires at them. A blue explosion goes off next to them. Yeah. And um, so Chris and Mike dive behind a wall. 
And when they poke their heads up again, there's four creatures standing there in front of them. Sure, they're armoured, aren't they? They are fully suited up alien beings. Yeah, sort of cardboard armour. Yeah. Um, Chris goes out, he's like, fuck this, I'm going to talk to these things. Yeah, peace, peaceful, peaceful approach. So he, he heads out the front, they can see him and hear him, but again, it's all in slow motion and blue waviness. They also um, appear to be wearing, like, mittens. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the really weird boots as well. Um, they spot four upon the roof and, and they shoot at him. So everybody opens fire. Chris and Mike start firing at the aliens. Four dives away from him. He doesn't get hit. and But they have some sort of force field around them. Sure. The bullets don't make any difference to them and they're not even no hitting way. them. Um. So they, they retreat, the two guys, run back inside, and they say to Jonesy, initiate a lockdown. And he, he gives Isabella a gun at this point. He's like, I'm going to go and initiate this lockdown, because he has to go well, find no, a card to do it. Jones is like, I have no idea how to lock down this building. Do you know? You're a soil scientist. And she's like, yeah, I know exactly how we lock down the building. You need to, you need this card that's in the lobby, and then you need to run it through this card reader, and that will lock all the doors. Yeah, but so, the card reader is next to the front door. Yeah. <laughs> Can't do it from this safe space. No, not at all. So he goes back up the lift in the three stories. Um, he gives Isabella a gun before he leaves. And he just, run, knowing these doors are still open, he runs in like an idiot and gets shot at. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then he, do, he does manage to lock it down just before the aliens are about to walk through the door. Yeah, they're in like the threshold, aren't they? Yeah. And then we get another lift scene with the music yeah. playing as they all go back downstairs. Mike's got a theory now that these aliens have turned up to activate this device. Yeah, so will... this is this is now taken as granted. This is what's happening. This is what's happening. That they, They've come here to activate the device, which will then wipe out the entire human race. Yeah, so um, he says it's an invasion. Yeah. These four aliens are invading us. And uh, yeah, they've come to fix the bomb and then they're going to use it on us. Yeah. So that's quite big news. Um, not for Jonesy though, because Jonesy goes off to make a protein shake because he needs one. Yeah. It's been three hours since his last one. Um, he does a bit of a flirt with Isabella. He just kind of rolls his sleeves up and shows her his arms. Yeah. Um, she knocks him back and calls him an imbecile. Um, Isabella then finds a video feed to the outside so she can now see what the aliens are doing outside. Yeah, she can, she can hack that stuff as yeah, well. she can do that. Um, and it turns out they're building a perimeter fence out of lasers because aliens. Never comes back into play. No, never once mentioned again, never even seen again. We go outside, it's not even there. <laughs> they send again send Ford Forp back out to try and establish some communication yeah. to get some backup they do exactly there. the same plan again yep go back up to the roof see if you can figure out how to get some backup here Isabella reveals at this point that she's got a hobby yeah <laughs> her hobby she's is she's a clever scientist I don't know if we've mentioned this a hobby in her downtime is deciphering alien language yeah she's a cryptographist like an have you seen Arrival I have yeah that's a great she's, film that's on Netflix is. as well. Yeah. She's Amy Adams in that, but <laughs> only really in a spare time. Yeah, only as a hobby. It's a hobby. She describes it as a hobby. So she's been trying to translate the characters that are appearing on the side of the device. Um, and she's surmised that it's possible that this thing is counting something down. It's a countdown. Yeah. Um, she's completely made this up. I don't know where she's got this from. Turns out it isn't. Chris, Mike and Jonesy then head back to the lobby of this building which they know is secure. They know nothing's inside, but they still creep about like Navy SEALs, yeah. like clearing every room on their way there. And well, Mike is going to try and hack the communication system. 
He is, yeah. Because he's gonna try and get an outside line, basically. Yeah, he's like, I'll open this uh, computer box, and <laughs> there'll be one cable in there, and that's all I'm going to need. And when he opens it, there's obviously 200 cables inside. Um, so they argue again. And then on the video feed that Isabella's still watching, one of the aliens disappears, just vanishes. And then it reappears inside. Yeah, so the whole door thing was completely pointless. Pointless. So when they stopped at the doors earlier and built the fence, they didn't need to. They could have just got teleported. Yeah. Because these things can teleport. They shoot at it again. Again, it makes no difference. And they throw a grenade at it. And just before the grenade goes off, it teleports itself back outside. It does. Um, but they've got its gun now. It dropped its gun. Yeah, it leaves its alien uh, hardware behind. It does. Um, again, that's not really ever mentioned again. Then two come it, in. It, yeah, it comes back with its like with beefy its mate. friend. Yeah. yeah. So two aliens come inside and they retreat then. They're like, right, we can't do anything about this. Um, so they run and the aliens chase them. And one of the aliens shoots the sat phone out of Chris's hand, yeah. which explodes in slow motion, glorious slow motion. But this, surprisingly, takes the aliens to its knees. Yeah, it's like clutching its ears, isn't it? Yeah, it's like something... Shooting that phone hurts that alien for some... Somehow, something's I, I don't think. There. I don't think we've said as well. We, we can't see what the aliens look like because they are covered in armour and they've got helmets on. Yeah, them. they have, yeah. So the, the other aliens come in and they pick up their fallen partner, fallen comrade, and we everybody's a bit like, oh, I wonder what happened there. And it turns out the sat phone's now fucked. All the circuit boards have fused together, apparently. And Isabella's like, can't we just hunker down here and wait for you, somebody to come looking for you? And he's like, nobody will start to look for us for seven hours. Don't know why, just won't. Yeah. Um, yeah. We can't get the alien gun to work because apparently it's triggered by DNA, according to Chris. He doesn't, I don't well, know how he's got that from as well. But knowing how talented Isabella is, I'm surprised she didn't have a go at making it work. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> She didn't. I'd have been all right with that. Yeah. If they'd have had an alien gun that they could have shot back with, I'd have been. I'd have been down for that. Yeah, but it didn't work. It needed DNA. <laughs> uh, Mike then gives the standard American movie patriot speech. We are U.S. Navy SEALs. We are better than these things. Blah blah blah. Um, it bigs up Chris a little bit. Chris calls the situation batshit crazy, which is my line. <laughs> He's stolen my line. But then they <laughs> they realise that the aliens can see electricity. Sure. So when, even the electricity in your body, so when the sat phone exploded, it was like a flashbang going off in this alien's face. So they... I think they describe it as they got overstimulated. Yes, basically. Sounds a bit naughty, but I... So they figure from this knowledge that there's a massive generator in this building somewhere. And if they destroy this generator... That will knock their senses out, but only for one minute. Yeah, exactly one minute. Exactly one minute. Oh, dear. Um, whilst it's, the aliens are there distracted by this one minute, the other three Navy SEALs can shoot them, kill them, end of story. So, so what they, the plan they, they want to do, they, they want to carry out is bring as many electrical items as they can to one place. Yep. They will then lure the aliens to said place, set off the generator create a electrical surge thus blinding the aliens and enabling them to kill or escape them yep kill or escape exactly um unfortunately the generator is on the first floor um because you you so always the, put generate you never put generators on the ground floor you always put no, upstairs. no 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 upstairs. Um, <laughs> well, no um however 
So it's going to be difficult to get to. That's where the aliens are. That's where the aliens are. It's going to be difficult to get to. But until Isabella reveals that not only does this place have a Faraday room, it has a prototype Faraday suit, (laughs) which is basically a blue boiler suit. (laughs) (laughs) And if they wear that, the electrical impulses won't escape from it and they will basically be invisible to these aliens. Unfortunately, there's only one. (laughs) Yep. So here's our plan. Our plan is destroy the generator... Um, when the aliens have blinded the other three can sh- take them out um, and they'll, they'll bait them into this one area by putting all the electrics in the same place. So they start yep. to gather electrics. Um, Jonesy has a dicky fit when they gather up his blender that he loves. <laughs> um, I was going to take that home. Yeah. yeah, he literally loves that thing and he eventually takes it away. He doesn't let them use it. Mike is suiting up. He's going to go in this Faraday suit. Um, Chris is a bit against that, but it comes around quite quickly. Um, because he's the leader, they need him there. Yeah, Mike says it's, it can't be you. You, yeah, they need you. You're to the lead. leader. Yeah, exactly. And then we get another lift scene of Mike going up <laughs> in this lift on his own yeah. with the music playing. And when he when the lift doors open, there's an alien right outside the door, but it doesn't see him because he's wearing and, a Faraday suit. And on the radio, Isabella says, "Don't move. He can't see you." All the way through this, Mike is clearly moving quite yeah. a lot. <laughs> yeah, quite a lot. <laughs> you but know yeah. when like like when someone tells you. Don't do something, so you have to do it. That don't, that is what it came across. Don't press but not intentionally. Yeah. Don't press the big red button. Exactly. <laughs> the alien walks towards him. Um, however, it's not coming for him. It's coming for the speaker to get rid of the music in the lift because it doesn't like it, and it punches the speaker out. Was that worth the payoff? Probably not. No. <laughs> um, <laughs> The other three all start piling up all the electrical devices downstairs in this one particular room. Um, somehow managed to plug all of them in. Yeah. I don't know how many plugs are in this place. A lot. Um, we get them all working, so there's this big electrical surge going on downstairs now. Mike thinks he's got to the generator room. However, it isn't the generator room. Um, it's just a room. It's like a canteen, I think. <laughs> and an alien follows him in. Uh, I'm not entirely sure he knows what a generator looks like. No, not, nor am I. <laughs> Um, one of the aliens follows him into this room and it sees him, um, but only like an outline of him. And Isabella reveals that's because of static. Yeah. <laughs> so she says, you're covered in static. Don't touch anything metal and it won't see you. So he picks up a spanner. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh, unbelievable. It sees him, obviously, and he hits it with a spanner and leg. they have a bit of a scuffle and then he legs it. The other three aliens, though, have taken the bait. They have headed towards not, this room where all the electrics are. Do you not think that information about the static electricity would have been useful to him I'm before? Not a hundred percent sure static would build up on a Faraday suit anyway. <laughs> but I'm going to forgive it. Mike still can't find the generator room. He's screaming at Isabella, "Where is this room? Where is this room? Where is this room?" And then so he finds just, it straight away. Yeah, he's just running around, basically finding it. Um, the other three are holding fire. They're just shooting at these aliens, even though it's making. Not a Why dicky bit shooting? of difference. Why are they still shooting? They're just shooting it. It's not even... A, there's force fields around them. Um, <laughs> this was my favourite bit of the film. So Mike gets to the generator room. There's a padlock on the generator. So he's like, key, where would the key be? And he finds his key cabinet on the wall. And there must be a thousand keys in this key cabinet. Many, um, <laughs> many keys. And he's like, oh shit, there's loads of keys. So he starts <laughs> trying all of these different keys. <laughs> then this film takes a turn. Because Jonesy's blender gets broken. 
Yeah, some some someone's not listened to him and they've put the blender in the pile of electronics. Yeah, and an alien stands on it and smashes it. So he is so angry. It's like somebody stood on his wife. He's yeah, he's not protecting his brothers, you know, his, no. his blood brothers in this group. But because the blender's in danger, he throws himself onto this alien. Yeah, which teleports with him. And they have like a comedy fight. Yeah, as they're like of, teleporting through the building. Which is totally out of con- context of the rest of this movie. <laughs> Completely. Mike then realises that he's a Navy SEAL and he's got a gun. So why is he trying to open padlocks with keys and shoots <laughs> the lock off this door? Jonesy goes flying through space with this alien. Yeah, Sunday um, is in the lawnmower, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Except it's probably worse visuals uh, effects than the, the lawnmower man from... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because so, he, he travels to their home planet. Yeah, he does. Which is just like... But how would you describe it? I don't even know if I can describe it. Like 80s line drawings. Yeah. It was all done, but it was all electrical lines, wasn't it? It was really weird. <laughs> but there's build there's buildings. It was bad. but they're only it's like a skyline, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. It was pretty bad. Um and then he turns back up, they uh they teleport back to where they started. And just as they do that, Mike turns on the generator and all the aliens go down. They go to their knees and then suddenly vanish. Except for the big one, the the one that was chasing Mike earlier. He he's also injured, his ears are ringing. And Mike locks him in the generator room. Yeah. So they think, well, the aliens have gone. Success. We've won. Everybody's happy. There's what, which wasn't the plan. Um, then suddenly one teleports back, grabs Chris and teleports off again in an instant. Yeah, it takes him off. Kidnaps Chris. Got a hostage. And <laughs> they take him to a room made of light. That's how I describe it. It's just a white room. So I don't know if they took him back to their planet or if he's just in this building somewhere. And I don't know. But basically, and- he's like he's being interrogated. Although these two he's beings never can't, asked a question. they can't communicate with each other. So he's not being interrogated. And he like does some acting, doesn't he? Yeah. The guy who plays Chris, because all he does is scream at them several times. What do you want? What do you want? <laughs> like that. Jonesy, Jones, this is brilliant. Jones's vision that he's just been through helps them decode the alien language because <laughs> it's something to do with the Fibonacci sequence because everything in TV and film these days is to do with the Fibonacci sequence. I don't know how, I don't know how I they don't got know. there. It's, they here. got there somehow, but they did get there. Um, Cause <laughs> James is like, I've seen their home planet. Yeah. And it was beautiful. And then I'm like, Oh, so does that mean this monolith thing is like their world or something? Let's go. I don't understand. <laughs> I don't know, but something to do with the Fibonacci happening. sequence makes the device open. Yeah. It kind of cracks open. They can solve the language, yeah. Yeah. Um, Mike unlocks the doors. He lifts the lock down and they head outside where the aliens are holding Chris. They've got him outside in the courtyard. Uh, courtyard. Yeah, we're back in the same hostage situation. So we've got a standoff now. So three of the aliens have Chris. Uh, no, all four aliens are there, aren't they, somehow? Um, yeah. Uh, they've got Chris. The guys come out to try and negotiate. Isabella comes out with the device that's floating next to her. It turns out that there's another alien inside this device, and it's some sort it's of... It's either an old man alien or a baby alien. I think it, Yeah, <laughs> I think it was some sort of important alien. I'm going with old man 
maybe President Alien, King Alien. Okay, fine. Um, it's a life pod. That's what the device is. It It's like a spaceship, I guess. What does the alien look like? It's got a blue head. <laughs> it looks all frail and old and blue. I would say it kind of looks like... What's the guy in Star... Is it Admiral Akbar in yeah. Star Wars? <laughs> but blue. But blue. And, and just... Frail. Not, not as... A, good a mask obviously <laughs> as that 40 year old film um. so mike points his gun at it and basically now we've got an exchange we've got chris for the life pod this is the this is what mike's proposing it's echoing the same situation they were in at the start yeah, in is. the flashback isn't yeah. it so and mike this time tells all the other guys well jonesy and forbes to drop your weapons um so it looks like you're not a threat i guess even though they've so been he's learned, doesn't he? From yeah, he's, he's, made, he's had a life lesson. He's gone through a life <laughs> lesson. So the aliens let Chris go. Chris heads back over to them and the life pod magically floats over to the aliens. Um, One of the aliens removes their mask. Um, yeah, it's the lady alien. The la- no, no, because I think she had it still on at the end because Jones oh, did, did that cord me thing, didn't he? Uh, um, anyway, one of the I aliens... forgot about that. One of the aliens removes their mask. And he's also got a blue head. Um, it looks like a very similar mask to the other one. And they, all the aliens put their fists over their chests. It's like a salute. Yeah. And then the Navy SEALs salute back at the aliens. And Jonesy does this thing where he, he makes his hand into a phone and makes, as if to say, call me to the female alien. So is that because he's learned as well? Because at the start of the film, he was like, don't get with that commie yeah. girl. And now he's chatting up the alien. Absolutely. Um, and then all the aliens vanish. The pod van, the device vanishes. The pod vanishes, and all the aliens vanish. And then we see their invisible ship for the first time. Yeah, still mm. kind of invisible. It's you kind see of the invisible, but we can yeah. see the outline of it. And then it just zooms off into space. Yeah. Um, the guys. So they've, they've they've completely failed their mission. Yeah. Again. <laughs> yeah. Um, so they decide the, to uh, what they need the to seals. do is go for a beer. Because yeah. So even though they're in the middle of nowhere, in the middle of possibly Russia, Azerbaijan, or Armenia. Um, they're going to go for a beer. And then the film cuts to the Pentagon. Yeah. Um, and it feels a bit late to be having this conversation, <laughs> but the two brothers, Mike and Chris, are sitting there at a desk waiting for, like, a deep, the deep period to come in. And they're still like, right, so what's our story? <laughs> they basically concoct an elaborate lie. <laughs> but before they get to tell this lie to this man, the film ends. <laughs> yeah. I, right. What was going on here? Because there's like, the guy walks in, he looks at some papers, and then there's like a really ominous tone in the soundtrack. And then the camera zooms away and Chris is in soft focus and uh, Mike's in focus. And I'm always like, it was trying to make me think that he was an alien or something. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> I didn't Did pick up. Pick I didn't up? pick up on that at all. No, because it was it was more the tone on the soundtrack because it was so ominous. It did go a bit ominous like, at the end. Yeah. Well, well, the paperwork's not ominous. <laughs> so, well, and and I'm not giving this credit because... like the the Sopranos, so it just cut out at the end. <laughs> I think it's just because they were gonna lie. Oh, they, I was so confused by this last shot. <laughs> just by the last shot. <laughs> <laughs> so the film ends. What did you think? Oh, it's an absolute mess. Fun though, isn't it? Uh, I mean, <laughs> I don't know if it is. 
I. It was terrible. It's not terrible. It is terrible. This is if you, if honestly, <laughs> if you are going to try and say this is a good movie, I'm I am gonna not even a little bit. Absolutely I'm go not... bananas at you. <laughs> I'm not. T- I'm not going to tell you this is a good movie. I'm not that stupid. Uh, but it's it's not it's not the worst film we've ever seen. It's definitely not the worst film we've ever seen. <laughs> but it's a terrible film. It's not. It's not great. But there's bits. It's the story's. This is going to sound stupid. The story sent makes sense. From yeah. from start to finish, your story is there. It's just the only thing that lets it down is its budget. You don't see any aliens at all for the. What is the first forty five minutes of this movie? <laughs> build up. What is it? It's build up. <laughs> we've seen um, we've seen worse films than this on this show. We've seen worse films than this outside of this show when we used to watch B movies. This is a B. Yeah, I agree. This, I agree. It's a B movie alien versus humans film how has this got on netflix i've literally got no idea about that it is like it is a it is a prime sci-fi channel three o'clock in the morning yeah um yeah it's, it's, it's as if it's been made by the asylum or sci-fi or somebody it's it's one of the asylum's worst efforts I, and i don't <laughs> understand how this has got on netflix no like, it's a bit like aerials isn't it went from last season how on earth did that end up on netflix this is like the American version of Aerials. <laughs> it is. It is. I, I, you know, the acting is pretty bad. The budget is non-existent. Um, but the, yeah, it was really odd. The story's there, and the story makes sense. It's it's only let down by its budget and acting. And and it's yeah, because <laughs> if the budget was bigger, you'd get better actors in the and directing. <laughs> did you did you notice at uh, one point one of the green screens fails? Yeah. <laughs> This, this is the sort of film that I enjoy. I d- I don't hate films like this because it's just this is this is who I am. This is what I enjoy. I enjoyed this film, but not for the right reasons. <laughs> I I I I slogged it. I I find it a slog. I've got to say. <laughs> when it finished, I actually said to myself, "I didn't hate that," <laughs> and I was fully expecting to, but it wasn't all that. I, I'm. I realise I'm. Unique. I mean, yeah. There's, there is. I think this is one of the least original things we've seen. Oh yeah, there's nothing original <laughs> there, about it. That's there yeah. is not a single second of this that is. It is almost how. Why does this exist? Yeah, I don't know why this exists. And if it exists, how does it get on Netflix? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I don't it's know. not even got a trailer. I, I look, it's, not, yeah. it's not got a trailer and it's got the wrong Netflix logo on its poster. <laughs> I just, Having said that, it's a quite an experience. <laughs> don't. Um, I'm just trying to see if I can find the budget, but I can't find it anywhere. And I, it doesn't appear to be published what the budget was of it. But no, I'm not, I'm not finding anything. But Some people are claiming it's the lowest rated film on Netflix. I don't think that's true. I don't think that's because true. Because I don't think I it's the lowest rated film we've done. I'm pretty sure no. Deadly Detention was lower than that. I think you're right. How would you like to turn the tide on it? Where would you like to start? It needs to be more fun. Yeah? Um, it's not fun enough. Um, you can what, do you mean ten, like ten... lean into the the budget restrictions and yeah, why go not? with it a little bit? Yeah. Make the aliens flirt um, back, that sort of thing. Yeah. Because I mean, the, the fight scenes are terrible. Yeah, you know, there's, 
could we surely could have done something a bit better there. There's this the the whole um Faraday suit thing is just <laughs> hilarious. Does Faraday suits even exist? <laughs> when he's just standing in the lift in front of the alien, it, Mike's literally swaying back and forth, and she's at the other end going, "Don't move!" <laughs> like he's like Alan Grant in front of a T Rex or something, trying when, to create some drama. <laughs> when she says to him, "Don't touch anything metal," and he instantly picks up a spanner. Yeah, she's barely even finished saying the word metal. It did, mate. It made me laugh more than it should have enough. But I enjoy it's, sh- it's it's shambolic, isn't it? Yeah, it's, it's... A, sh- it's a shambles. Um, have more fun. Yeah, and if if it's gonna be this stupid and shambolic, then and, and you've got this scientist who who specialises in soils, but also is a security expert <laughs> and uh, can decipher alien languages and knows the blueprints as- for the base. Yeah, then you may as well have her be able to decode the weapon and at least have them shoot the aliens with their own gun. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. I, I think mean, that's fair. Also, can you really call it alien warfare if it's four versus four? <laughs> How many do you need for an army? What's the minimum numbers sure. for an army? I don't know. <laughs> oh, Look, I don't objectively, know. this is a terrible film. Is Can you have fun with it? I think if you're in the right mood and you've got I, if we were watching this with a few people, yeah. I think you could have a good laugh with it. Me and you back in the day would have really enjoyed this. In the days when we were start, we were watching films like Alien vs. Hunter and Mongolian Deathworm yeah. and Old Zombie and things like that. And that's kind of why I wanted to pick it, because I, I, I thought it might be a bit of a throwback to that sort of thing. And that's one of the reasons why the show came about in the first Yeah, exactly. Place. It is. And, and it is a throwback to those sort of films. Bring it's, us bring us back down to our roots a bit. Yeah, Definitely. I think maybe that's why I enjoyed. I enjoyed it. I, I, I had a lot of fun with it. Like you said, lean into the fun a little bit more, and you've you've probably got a better film. And but I don't know. I was I was thinking today. I was listening to Brett Goldstein's podcast today, and he yeah. he talks a lot about like arty films and French films and things like that. And I'm think I think I'm the opposite to him. Okay. I think I'm the exact opposite film guru to him. He he knows one side of the film industry. And I very much sit at the opposite end of that. <laughs> He's probably not watching Alien Warfare on Netflix. He's not, but, granted. but if somebody picked it on his show, he would have seen it. He's, he's watched everything <laughs> that anybody ever talks about. Uh, do you want to talk stream table? Sure. Do you want me to run through it? Yes, go for it. So currently at the bottom of the stream is Temple, um, closely followed by Room 205, and then After. After was Sam's wildcard, the only other wildcard played so far this season. Um, Happy Anniversary follows that, and then TikTok, John Henry, Urge, In the Shadow of the Moon, and currently at the top of the screen is The Disappearance at Clifton Hill. Where's... Which was last week's movie episode. Yeah, it was indeed. Where does this one go, Nick? So, in my opinion, I may surprise you here, it's not the worst film we've seen. It's not. It's not as bad as Temple. No, it's above Temple. Yeah. Uh, I also have it above Room Two Hundred Five. Correct. You are not wrong there. It's, it's much I, better than I, Room Two Hundred Five. Pretty much. It's a toying cost. I have it level a pegging cost? with a, a toying cost. <laughs> I have it level pegging with After. Oh. And I'm not sure which side it goes. That's interesting because they're both wildcard films, and we've got to make that decision now of who's going to definitely not lose the win the wildcard tournament this year. Because 
I quite enjoyed After because of how terrible some of the acting was in it. Yeah. But it's also a terrible film. <laughs> it is. So it's kind of the same argument for this. Yeah, they're both terribly there's, there's, acted, terrible there's film. Fun, there's fun to be had in a bit of a hate watch. Mm. It's tough, isn't it? I think this... They were both better than I expected. Yeah. <laughs> or more fun than I expected. Yeah. I think this is better than After. Personally. It's too close for me to call. It's, I don't it's know. So I don't, close. genuinely don't know which... <laughs> I don't... I feel like if you put those two films in front of me now and said, well, you've got to watch one of them, I'd have more fun watching Alien Warfare than I would watching After. So I think I'd I don't want to watch After ever again. No, nor do I. But I wouldn't be against watching this. I don't I really to. want to watch this again. But if I, if the choice was between the two of them, I think I'm watching this again. So does that mean After's the worst film? So this goes. I think, I think by a hair's breadth, this goes above After. Yes. It doesn't trouble Happy Anniversary. No, 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 <laughs> no, 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 no. Absolutely not. There you go. So you, unfortunately, Nick, you've not won the wild card race this season. Hey, look, it's a shot in the dark, isn't it? <laughs> it is indeed. Um, you picked a film that was right up my alley well, it's, it's a terrible film there's no getting away from it <laughs> but I love terrible films <laughs> there's three wild cards left to play this season Ross Cook Jordan Shenton and myself all left to play Sam's still in the running as well one of us is going to win let's see who it's going to be would you like to pick next week's film yes let's do it what are you looking for from next week let's uh, just give me something good I need a palate cleanser okay I'm going to press the button are you ready Let's go for it. It has picked a film called Paradise Hills. Okay. Any ideas? Uh, I have no idea. <laughs> um, let's. I, I feel like this is a, a kind of a stock answer, but it, I, I feel like that could be a sort of horror, horror movie, haunted hotel, or something like that. Yeah, it does sound a bit like that, doesn't it? It's not though. Um, okay. It's a fantasy sci-fi thriller. We haven't oh, right, do, okay. done a lot of fantasy. It's going to no. be interesting. Um, it says, Uma is a young woman who wakes up in an apparently idyllic reform school for young ladies, but a dark secret lies within its walls. That's uh, vague. <laughs> it is a bit. <laughs> uh, Emma Roberts is in it. Oh, okay. Aquafina. Okay. Uh, Mila Jovovich. It's quite a... Uh... Quite the cast. Quite quite star-studded for us. Yeah, it is a little bit, isn't it? It seems to be pretty much mostly female cast. Good. Uh, right. I can see Sounds two, intriguing. I can see two men on the list of IMDb's. It's also directed and written by females as well, by the looks of it. Excellent. So yeah, go and check out Paradise Hills. And in the meantime, check us out on Instagram, Twitter, and Letterboxd at B-O-T-S underscore podcast is the username. Uh, the email address, if you want to get in touch, is bottomofthestream at gmail.com. And the website is bottomofthestream.com. On the website, you'll find every episode we've ever recorded, all five season stream tables, and you'll be even get some merch if you want some. Uh, check us out on Patreon, patreon.com slash bottomofthestream for that. Uh, for a couple of quid every month, you'll get early access to the episodes. You'll get bonus episodes. You'll get a wild card that Nick writes every month. No, you'll get a newsletter that Nick writes every month. And if you come in at a certain level, you'll get a wild card. Um, so you can pick the film like Nick has done this week. And also, check us out on Discord if you want to come and chat with us in there. Uh, we discuss pretty much everything that goes on in the world. And we have a lot of fun. So check us out in there. The link to the Discord will be at the bottom of the show notes. My doorbell's going. <laughs> uh, 
Um, Who's at the I'll door at 10 o'clock at night? One second, no. If you can't do that, then please consider leaving us a review either on Podchaser, Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, anywhere that you can review podcasts. Uh, maybe you could write it in an alien language and we'll find a soil scientist <laughs> to translate it for us. Let's do that. So Deal. Cool, yeah. So go and check out Paradise Hills and we'll be back on Monday for another episode of The Wave and then next Thursday we will come to you and talk to you about Paradise Hills. Thank you very much. Cheers. Bye.